Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi, and welcome to number four, our very last Dig a Bit for the Great Escape series. Hard to believe that we have been studying Great Escapes for an entire year, and I know that if you've been studying along, you have grown, and most of all, you have probably grown in your appreciation for the great salvation that we have. There hath no temptation overtaken any of us, but that God is faithful and will, with the temptation, provide a way of escape. He is faithful. And as we conclude this study, talking about our great escape from eternal punishment because of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, we glorify Him. And as we begin our next study, we are going to work to glean things from his word that will help us in practical ways to continue to glorify him. Thank you so much for studying along. I have Rebecca Colley with me again tonight, and I'm so thankful that you're here. And she's going to start us out by reading Matthew 10, 28. If you have your Bibles, you might want to open to Matthew 10, 28. And she's going to read that passage and make some observations about, uh, I think, about a common view of hell today and why that view can't be right. Well, Matthew ten twenty eight is a verse that people use to suggest annihilation, to suggest the idea that when the soul goes to hell, it's destroyed, as in it is annihilated, it no longer exists. And in the English, you know, you might think about using that word to teach that it says in Matthew 10 28 and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell and so does that word destroy mean that it's annihilated first of all in English it does not always mean that it is annihilate annihilation and the example we were talking about is if you were in a car accident and your car was totaled you would say my car was destroyed, but does that mean the car suddenly went out of existence? No. And so while destroyed can mean that something goes out, in a sense, goes out of existence, it can also just mean that it is um, damaged. Damaged, uh, what's another word that we might use? Well, I think when we think about the word destroy, you know, what thing, Becca, can you really think of that ceases to exist? When we use the word destroy, if you um, destroy a building, does that mean there's nothing exists anymore? Nothing? No, it never. It really hardly well, ever matter, would mean completely yeah. annihilated because matter's not going to cease to exist. And so the, the question, matter can never cease to exist. So the question we have to ask is, can a soul cease to exist? The question that we're really asking is because the word is destroy. There, does it mean? that the soul ceases to exist that hell really is a cessation of existence is that what the word means and and in other places where that same greek word is used is that what it means let's look at luke chapter 15 for um, some parallels here because here jesus is giving three parables in which he talks about a lost soul 
a soul that is perishing, a soul that is going to hell and is rescued by Jesus Christ. Um, does it mean it? Well, first of all, is the same word used. Second of all, does it mean that the soul was about to cease to exist in Matthew chapter 15? Let's start look by looking at I'm sorry, Luke 15. Let's start by looking at the parable of the lost sheep. In verse 6, he says, And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found the sheep that was lost. And the word here is apolumai, and that's the same word that was used over in Matthew chapter 10 for destroyed. <laughs> I have found my sheep that was destroyed, my sheep that was lost, my sheep that was perishing. So did the sheep cease to exist and the shepherd brought it back into existence? Oh, no. And when we look at um, that verse, I have found my sheep that was annihilated would make no sense at all. Um, the sheep at at no point in the story was non-existent. Okay, so same for verse 9, talking about the coin. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had what? I had lost, which is the same word, apolumai, which certainly does not mean annihilation here. And again, in the parable of the prodigal son, and what verse is that where it says that? Let's see. Or here's, okay, it might be. Yes, here we go. And then also in verse 32, but 24 says, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And then the same thing in verse 32, he says, Your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And it's that same word, apolumai. Now you may say, well, that's just a parable. That's just explaining what happens. But let me ask a question. If God created us in his image, he created us with what? A soul that never ceases to exist. I think that's a large part of being created in the image of God. So why would that soul suddenly be destroyed as in lost, as in annihilated? It's really important too to notice that always parables, even though they may be um, stories that did not happen, there's never a parable ever of something that could not happen. So it's truth that Jesus is teaching here when he talks about the lamb, when he talks about the coin, when he talks about the boy. I think it's also important to notice that the whole point of each one of those stories is the ending where everything was reconciled. The whole point about the lamb was that it still existed in the end. It was found. The whole point about the coin is that it never stopped existing, that it was misplaced, and that it was found. And, of course, these are um, likenesses to redemption. But certainly when we look at the prodigal son, the boy, the whole point of the story is that there was reconciliation with the Father at the end, never a cessation of existence. We wanted to notice one more passage, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3, where Paul said that the gospel is veiled to those who are perishing in sin. Becca, what is that word there? What is the Greek word there for perishing? It's our same word, apolumai. Well, the verb of it, the verb form of that word, um, the process of being destroyed. The process of being lost. So the process of being destroyed here is, we're talking about the gospel and it's veiled to those who are perishing in sin. So they were perishing, I guess that's a, um, how would you describe that tense, a continuing 
tense of that verb, perishing, a, a present tense, and but not extinct. There's no way that we could look at that phrase there, those who are perishing in sin, and say, well, they just don't exist. So when we look at that, at that word that's used in our original passage in Matthew 10, verse 28, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That word destroy cannot mean annihilation, and it does not mean annihilation, obviously, when used in other places, as we've noted. Well, that was a quick one, but I'm, I hope that it was beneficial to you. I hope that you are able to join us on our in our uh, live and you may hear this after this podcast I'm not sure exactly when this will be posted but we are having our live broadcast from our live podcast from Polishing the Pulpit on the last Wednesday of Polishing the Pulpit would that be about the I think it's the 22nd of August at 12:15 on that date we'll be posting about that on the Digging Deep in God's Word um Facebook page and also we'll be posting in the group that's called Digging Deep for Encouragement. So watch that and I hope you can join us for that podcast if you're not live with us in the room. I have loved studying Great Escapes with you and I am looking forward to our next study which will be announced from Polishing the Pulpit. Thanks and I hope you have a great week. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Digabit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.